Teacher, what star is that? All right, peace to the planet Earth. You know what it is, Adisa the Bishop, chilling. I'm excited today, you know what I'm saying? Because like some people, like, you know, like there's people who know hip hop and there's people who really know hip hop. <laughs> I have uh, <laughs> DJ Plattern on. No <laughs> pressure, no pressure. <laughs> for so many reasons, man. Thank you for being on Bishop Chronicles, bro. How are you doing today? I'm I'm great, my friend. It's good to see your face. Much love to you, and uh, and I appreciate you having me, having me a part of your legacy, bro. Come on, you have a legacy of your own. This guy's like a three-time Jedi in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? And um, dude, there's let's let's first. I want to talk about the Red Man thing first. Oh sure, sure, sure. Um, you're known for many things. This is the latest thing. Tell the planet about what you've done with Redman. So um, my my most well-known style of mixtapes are the storytelling ones that that kind of encompass, you know, either an era for an artist or or like a certain particular sound for an artist and puts it all together with the samples and you know traditional aspects of DJing, but a big part of the storytelling aspect is is layered around the the actual samples that they used. Mm -hmm. And so I did that with uh, what I'm known for probably the best are the the tribe and the De La mixes from from back in the day. And so uh, I gave Redman the treatment for that, and I'll I'll keep that story kind of brief because it's it's actually out there. Um, there's an interesting story that uh, that was released by uh, or Hip Hop DX did an article on on the actual uh, release of the mix and it tells the story of how it came to be because honestly I don't know if like as much of a Redman fan as I am and I'm a big Redman fan for sure you know any of us that that came from the era that that we you know came from the the that specific kind of energy of the you know when 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 EPMD and K Solo and and uh, and headbangers, you know what I'm saying? Headbangers and and when Redman came out and was part of that whole thing, man, we like that energy was wild. Exactly, exactly, that and every, like we all paid attention so so just vehemently. You know what I mean? Like we were <laughs> like, dude, who is this guy, man? Like for real, you know? Like he he had legitimate fans out the gate. Like he had so many cats that were like i just remember that man there were so many heads that were just so devoted to who, to who he was you know and and to this day like he's 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 one of those hip-hop artists that's still around that has that kind of fandom surrounding him you know like oh, cats yeah. are just really really serious about him and yeah and, and what he's about and his discography and, and the whole nine but but the uh this the the short end of it is that this um the way that it came to be uh, and I mean, there's a lot of artists I could have chosen. Redman probably not super high on the list because 
I just, you know, there, like for, for me, when I decide to do something like this, um, the samples have to, to accentuate the artist's music just right. as much, you know what I mean? Like they have to kind of come together in a way where you can let some of the music play. Uh, you know, it can't just be- You can let it ride and just like, you know what I'm saying? Just exactly, exactly. Minute, you know? Exactly. Like it's gotta, it's gotta basically like, it's gotta fit, you know, in between the, the actual hip hop music itself and, and not every, you know, not every sample bed or like sample history, you know, related to artists works that way. And so anyway, with all that being said, um, it was a little bit of a challenge, but I loved it cause, cause I just, I, I dove into it pretty deep, but the way that it happened, the story behind how it happened is, is honestly probably, you know, damn near as intriguing, if not almost more intriguing as, as the mix itself, because so, and I'm going to keep it real brief. Um, you can look up the article on hip hop DX if you really want to know. DJ platter. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, exactly. Um, but basically what happened is this dude, uh, this guy, Andrew, who I was connected with on Facebook, never met the guy in my life um somehow connected i'm not entirely sure uh what the you know who the mutual people were or whatever but basically right around the time pretty much exactly maybe like less than a week after lockdown initially began back in march uh he sent me an email and he asked if i would be willing to do this mix for him He's, he's also a DJ, um, not super public, but he's a big fan. He's from Jersey originally. Redman is his favorite MC. He's a big fan of, of my, you know, style of mixes. And so he asked me to make one for Redman and then proceeded to tell me that he is a nurse on the front lines of the COVID epidemic and really wanted to have something like this for himself in so many words, in case something ever happened to him. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like this dude was in the trenches. Doing? And and there was, a you know, some more back and forth and some more info exchange in the whole nine. Um, but man, I was like, yo, dude, like, how can I, how can I not do that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I really need to get down with this. Not, not only because that notion is so sincere, but at the same time, man, fuck, dude, if that doesn't make a good story, like, I don't know what, you know what I mean? So, so I really like, I took it to heart, man. I really, really took it to heart. I took it seriously. I thought I, you know, I was kind of, in, I wouldn't say I was in a rush per se, but like, I wanted to get it to him because who knows, you know what I'm saying? Like something could happen to dude, like while I'm making the fucking thing. So I'm sorry. Are we, are we avoiding the curses, bro? Like just. Okay. All right. I'm... <laughs> All right, I'll tr I'll try to I'll try to bite my tongue, but no, um, just do you play? Man, when when I get passionate talking about stuff, dude, I I, I know, I, and I don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Me, me casa su casa, play with you. I got you, I got you, but uh, but anyway, so I I you know I got I got into it, and I I think it took me roughly three months, um, and uh, and I'm pretty proud of it, man, and and more than anything, honestly, dude, like. When I finally handed it over to him, 
I, he sent me a message. I think he was on his way to work. He work, he does like the crazy nurse shifts where he works. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Like he'll work like uh, hey man, whatever it is. Every nurse man in America, man. It's it's amazing. I mean, real talk. Like they're the real MVPs. They they really are, dude. There's there is. I don't think there is a more noble thing to be doing right now in the midst of all this than the people that are actually working in medicine on the front lines, you know, like it's, it's, it's really something else, man. It's really something else, dude. So, so, you know, that, that's, that's the short, short and long end of, of the red man situation. And it came out really good and the reception has oh. been fantastic, man. Like everybody, oh, like all good, the good, man. Oh, thank you, bro. So good, man. Like thank you. Thank I was straight rocking to that joint nice, and nice. it's crazy. Like, You know, like, it's it's funny. Like, sometimes people do mixes, and they're just, like, beautiful mixes. Yeah. You know, like, through and through. But there's this extra thing that some DJs have, and you, and you have it, that, like, it feels like a house party, man. That's what's up. I like you know that. What I mean? I like, that. like, that is an extra thing. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Every, every DJ doesn't have that. Every <laughs> DJ does not have that. I've... I, I know my DJ is fairly good. You know what I'm saying? No, I know you do. I know you do. I, bro, like, I felt like you were in the room with me, dog. Yeah, that's like, what's up. I like that. It, it was great. And that's just such a, a, a thing of what you bring to your mixes and what he brings to, like, the the energy that he that he hits the the, the tracks with is just yeah yeah and he's such a fantastic storyteller man you know what i mean like he's he's one of those mcs that paints this crazy picture that you know like the 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 best mcs my favorite mcs of all time and they don't even necessarily have to be storytellers but like somehow they just put something in your mind where you start co conjuring up you know, visuals in your, in your, in your mind, you know, oh, with the words that they speak and the way that they speak them. And Redman is one of those dudes, man. Like that dude, just like, he's just like a movie. He's like watching a movie, you know? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's yeah. unbelievable. Man. Yeah, it's unbelievable. it really is, man. It really is. And my whole shit forever has always been like, my, 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 my MO with making mixes is the same as reading a book or sitting down and watching a movie. You know, like I want that kind of effect to resonate with with a, the listener. I want you to feel like you're kind of being sucked into the this world. Yeah, it, it's a psychology, man. It's like a state of mind. It is. It's an environment. <laughs> yeah, an environment. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's very much an environmental kind of kind of thing, you know. And I don't know, man, it's just a style, like, I didn't come up with it, you know what I mean? I, I Like, there's so many DJs that I grew up listening to that I just wish that I could be and, and were, hu you know, huge influences on me, and and that's what I take, you know? But I put my own spin on it, so. Of course. Yeah. Let me ask you, man, like, how did the Bay Area get blessed with your presence? Like, how did you come into hip-hop, and, like, what what was your path? Ooh. That's a good, that's a good one. <laughs> um, I mean, my hip, my hip hop roots here in the Bay um, really didn't get solidified till I probably turned 18. 
And that was after I moved back up from, from Southern Cali. Cause I lived here as a kid. I moved here originally from Iceland when I was, when I was seven. Okay. Um, and you know, I started listening to, I mean, I was listening to run DMC and I, like, I remember I always tell this story about how I used to go on these road trips and pops always humored me and he would buy me these best of Def Jam tapes. Like they have this whole compilation. There's like 10 volumes or something. Remember you remember those, right? With like the, the, uh, they had like the, 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 or the figurine that was supposed to look like, um, like, uh, like an award statue, but it was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. but it was, uh, but it was basically emulated after, after, you know, run and whatnot from, yeah. from, you yeah. know, UC and whatnot. So he had the Adidas and the hat and the, the whole night, but that was always the cover. But anyway, I used to listen to those things. And I remember, I remember I started listening to those things like very soon after I moved over here from Iceland. Cause I, you know, I didn't know anything about rap music at all. Like I lived in a, a little fishing village before I moved over here, bro. Like, like right. no lie, you know, we didn't even have TV or nothing, dude. Like it wasn't even like we, we came from very humble beginnings. Deep, dude. <laughs> yeah. And so when we came over here, the first shit that I got really obsessed with was was Run DMC, was Jam Master J, essentially. So that's eight years old right there. And that was in the Bay, but, you know, I'm so young. And then we moved down to Southern Cali, and I go to junior high and high school in Southern California. And then I come back up here right around the time I turn 18 to graduate high school. California, you talking about L.A.? You talking about, like, San Diego? Like, where are you exactly? I, w I was in uh, what's called the... Um, what do they call it? They call it the, uh, is it the San Bernardino Valley? I think what it is, maybe. I, so I lived in a, a, a town called Claremont. Okay. Uh, Claremont was a small uh, uh, college town right next to Pomona. Okay. And, and I, went to, I went to Claremont High School and Claremont High School was hella interesting because Claremont High School would bust a bunch of kids in from Pomona. And so Claremont primarily was fucking Blanco as hell, dude, like really, really, you know what I mean? Like, yep. like, like painfully Caucasian, you know? And so, um, and so going to that high school, uh, like I just got into dancing and basketball and hip hop um, through all of my friends that, that didn't even live in Claremont really. Like I only really had a couple of homies because um, they were all so square to me. And I wasn't used to that because even being young, coming from the Bay, um, like my my initial exposure to to American culture when I came to the U.S. as a child was was a very very vast one, you know. Like I um, just just whatever. Like you think about the Bay in the '80s or whatever, you know. I just I was just exposed to everything, and then I moved down to Claremont, and it's just super white, and I'm so disinterested in all of it, and uh, and so it just that that. Uh, era from like 88 to 94 really and and what I was into music wise really shaped a big part and I dude I even remember like actually this is funny I don't know if I've ever actually said this publicly but I remember like being down in LA the only cats that I ever really like fucked with in in the Bay Area were were Hyro like those were the only guys because I was so into East Coast hip-hop and all the hip-hop that I loved was uh from the west coast was shit that sounded like it was east coast you know what i right. mean so um so like ice cube was our rock kim that you know right. during the time you know what i'm saying like he was everything he was absolutely everything so like during that 88 to 94 era 
you know, like that was that was all of it. And so so Hyro was really yeah, time for hip hop. Yeah, man. Just unbelievable, man. And you know, Cube was just like our godfather, man. So we just paid attention to everything surrounding him. He was so hard, so political, but then yeah, religious, but then G'd up. It was this unbelievable mix of so many aspects of America at the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was the perfect combination for a dope MC during that era, man. Yeah. Yeah, so, but but anyway, so I didn't fuck with Too Short. I didn't fuck, like, I didn't know dick about fucking San Francisco hip-hop at all. Um, like, a little bit of E-40, but that sounded way too West Coast and blah, blah, blah. So, like, I didn't really know. Like, I didn't really actually get into what the Bay Area was about hip-hop-wise until I moved back up here. And that wasn't until I turned 18. And then, you know, Telegraph and and um you know the tape culture and 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 durant and, and uh leopold's leopold's so can you paint a picture for someone like who you know what i'm saying like we trying to like really get the west coast stories told you know what yeah. i'm saying like if yeah. someone who really understand like you know telegraph and durant and like leopold's era like how would you describe that what are we talking like 90, 91, 92? This was basically like the height of that movement of the tape culture up on the Ave was 92 to probably like 96, 97. Like yeah. the most revered stuff that was happening as far as shows, as far as releases, as far as just like general culture that was happening in East Bay hip hop. Yep. Um, was was really like that kind of like four to six year period. You know, that was a crazy time for the Bay. And this is in the city of Berkeley, y'all, if you ain't from the... You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. This is primarily in Berkeley, you know, a little bit in Oakland. But, you know, Oakland was a trip back then, man, because Oakland was just like a ghost town downtown. Yep. Um, and around the lake, you know, like there yep. was just not like almost everything that was going on was in Berkeley at the time. Yeah, it was because of the Av. Is because everybody was kicking it up on Telegraph, and the only thing except like the Omni. Remember? Yeah, I remember the Omni absolutely. That, yeah. that's, I feel like that's primarily it, though. And Mr. Floppy. And uh, do you remember there was a there was a spot that was really interesting for for a good chunk of time called uh, Your Mama's Cafe, not Mama's Cafe, but Your Mama's Cafe. What was that? It was on the. It was where uh, Broadway and not Telegraph. It was where Broadway and I can't remember where the intersection was. Right on a corner yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a it was a really legendary spot, and that's where a lot of congregation was happening at the time. Yes. It was just a cafe that you could get coffee and tea, but you could also get food. But they would have sessions constantly, and everybody would go there. Everybody would go there. And so, like, you know, the whole unsigned and hella broke and like Mystic Journeyman and and that Mystic whole Journeyman, thing. bro. Yeah, like them and and Hyro and and Dude, these conglomerates and Hyro carried the culture yeah. so hard. Bro. Absolutely, absolutely, man. They All the shows, yeah, so hard. Yeah, yeah, and then and then Calex, like DJ culture on Calex was really really huge during that time. Um, and of course, down in Stanford, KZSU and everything too. But, 
but we listened primarily to Calyx because a lot of us were on Calyx. You know, we had shows yeah, for, yeah. for years and, and all the late night stuff. And like that was, and, and t- I mean, to answer your question, Adiza, the whole thing about that particular time is like cats would swap tapes more than they would sell them. You know, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was the thing. And that was like a very big for the culture kind of situation, man. And, you know, we would throw these shows and, and the shows would, you know, it'd be like, maybe five dollars to get in and there'd be like 15 dudes on the bill you know and only maybe like you know a hundred people graciously maybe like a little bit more i mean obviously it grew like when uh when everything started happening with maritime hall and like that independent culture started getting bigger and bigger and like hundreds and hundreds of people but i'm talking about the telegraph days where we like you know, we would just, we'd like, we'd throw events at homes, at people's houses, yep. you know? Yep. And so, so cats would show. The real thing, man. I think that was kind of like the last era, huh? Like, I'm not sure house parties, like, after like the 90s, it seemed like. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, as, as far as like any real, like history when it comes to hip hop and how just grimy, and like really truly underground like that that you know that term just gets thrown around so loosely right but, but shit was really really underground and what's so bugged out man now is like you know some of that music and the tapes and the releases and all that stuff and even like the stuff that came out on wax independently during that time some of that shit goes for crazy amounts of money because it's so yeah collectible and so revered as far as hip-hop history goes in bay area you it's know. A, it's you know and it's weird because i think that there are certain people that believe that like golden eras don't exist and stuff like that i disagree oh yeah cool. you know what i'm saying like i disagree like i love you know i can't lie do, do i love today's rappers as much as i love my era like of course not you know what i'm saying like, yeah yeah that's what i'm saying you know what I'm saying? But I don't hate it. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate I don't hate it either. It's just there's just I mean there's always going to be a certain amount of reverence that you have for that that like real innocent time. Like I I always equate it with with cuz there's a level of innocence, man, that just went along with that shit cuz you were in it for no other reason. Just to be in the in the it, dude, it was you, such a you just wanted to be a part. You just wanted to be a part of it and get your props. That's it. Like that was it. That's so all crazy, you, bro. Yeah, it was so crazy, man. Um, I, I mean, know. homie, we like I was, you know, I was this maybe a little bit after and whatnot. But I know, you know, you and E and Davey and all these guys, you know, all these these legends that I look up to, man. Like you guys were. Who, like I studied your guys's words, like while I was just like a you know whatever young Padawan dude. Like I was you know trying to like, that's unbelievable. That's just dude. But it's you know real talk, man. Like I you know we were nobodies, dude. Like there's so much more history to all of this. But when you we when we were first getting started trying to be anything in hip hop in the Bay Area, and like, I'm literally brand new to the scene, like meeting everybody for the first time, 18, and a lot of cats have just been doing this for a long time. They all know each other in the whole nine, and right. and uh, and like I said, man, all you really wanna do is just like, you just wanna get your props, 
And so, you know, you study everything, dude. Like, we studied everything, man. Science, man. It yeah. was such a science, man. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's, it's funny because it's easy to be like from, from, from my generation of hip hop and be like, man, y'all don't understand, you know, da, da, da. But, but like, outside of my absolute preference, there's this whole thing of like how diverse hip hop was. Right, right. How diverse hip hop was and how like if you really paid attention, like, you know, like I, I used to really believe that like, if you listen to hip hop production sound, it was like, it was like wine. Like, you, you know, if you really studied, you could, you could hear Northern California beats. Right. From, from right. Southern California beats, from East Coast beats. It was, it, it had like flavor, like it had a discernible something yeah. else, man. Like, I love that about hip hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Somali, Somalia style. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, this, the, the breakdown was so distinct. That's, that's really real, man. You know, like I, I love that. I, I mean, I still love it about about hip hop today. Like even even with today's production, like which is obviously different than what we grew up on. But sometimes I really, I really think that the the the, the patterns are dope. You know, and um, I love to watch and pay attention to how sounds change. But I miss. That's what I do kind of miss about the 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 lack of regionality. You know what I mean? Like, right. People from the south. Like people from the east, they they sound southern like hella southern. Yeah. And I, like back in our time, I remember people saying that like they didn't like uh, Boys in the Hood because Easy E sounded country. Right, right, right. Mind right. blowing to me coming yeah. from the Bay. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, he sounds country, but like to someone back east, it, it makes complete sense. Yeah. You know what's interesting, bro? Is like, you know when when sampling was pretty much 100% you know or i'd say maybe 90% of the 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 music bed right right to right do rap music the the thing about that was that you were ultimately going to sample and create music based on the wax that you scooped up in your particular area mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. but like there's a lot of famous joints classic hip-hop from from specific regions you know bay la chicago south miami new york obviously you know all of this that their sound was was very much surrounding and kind of encapsulated you know the the records that were were readily accessible and also you know with like the parents because you know a lot of a lot of beat makers man they scooped up their records from their folks man from their pops usually like that's that's a very common theme among producers uh throughout the last you know 30 years of 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 DJing and 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 producing, you know, using wax and whatnot, and so a lot of that, man, like, you know, you just you you get you get your hands on that stuff based on the the region, and mm -hmm. you create music that sounds like that music, you know, in in a lot of ways. Like like for us here in the Bay, you know, there's a reason why a lot of 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 
you know, like when you listen to Keek or E40 or whatever, you know, like yeah. you could you could really you could put that dude in the South and it wouldn't sound that crazy Mm-mm. that that, you know, that he would rep the South. Right. And and if you like I live in Vallejo these days, you know, and this is this is 40 in Mac Dre territory up here. Mm-hmm. And E40 sounds like Vallejo. Like he really sounds like Vallejo. And I've been here for, you know, almost, let's see, two and a half years now. We moved up uh, from from Oakland. Um, but he really like, you know, and when you think about it, you know, Vallejo is is confunction and, and you know, Johnny Otis and, and you know, these, yeah. these sounds that kind of, you know. Th- so anyway, when you tie all of that in, it just starts to make a little bit of more sense in terms sure. of how. And but now, like you said, there's just there isn't there isn't necessarily that like like somebody like Kendrick 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 is like the go to uh, for old heads. He's like the go to where you're like, yeah, I'll fuck with Kendrick. You know, he's he's like the dude. You know what I mean? Um, but but Kendrick sounds like L.A. to me. Like he sounds like Los Angeles to me. You know. And there's a but there's a lot of rappers and a lot of MCs and a lot of it has to do with technology and blah blah blah. You know they just don't necessarily like soak up you know a certain kind of like energy and history of of where they're from or or you know what they grew up with or whatever. I don't know. I think a lot of it really just has to do with with the 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 records that you grow up around, man, and the music that you grow up around. So that's my two cents on that, really. But I don't know. I don't know if there's like a hundred percent truth to that, but I, I just feel like maybe I'm just, maybe it just feels that way because I'm such a DJ and such a record nerd still, you know, it makes sense. say it again. I mean, it, it does. It totally makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting, but I do think, I think 40 just sounds like Vallejo. Like yeah. when I drive through Vallejo, when I yeah. go and get some food or when I go record shopping at the local Goodwill or whatever, man, like, yeah. you know, like Vallejo just that's that's 40 right there man even though he doesn't even live here he lives in Blackhawk now you know where Blackhawk is you know where Blackhawk is <laughs> if any if anybody if anybody wants to know, know just look up Blackhawk and that's Black Hawk, man. yeah <laughs> anyway yeah oh Blackhawk is dope <laughs> I know 40 has a small outhouse that's bigger than you know help me out for yeah you. yeah um, no for real you know what i'm saying he, st- he still has a lot of business out here though he still has some restaurants yeah. yeah no no he's um you know it's interesting um one of the things that i've always loved about the bay is how inviting we've always been to all the other regions yes, yes. Hip-hop, right like you know like um you were you were talking about you know how 40 sounds like Vallejo. So, you know, one of the things that um, I always trip off is like migrations of, of people, right? And so like, I remember years ago, I, I did an interview on on Spice One and um, at the time he lived in Hayward, you know? Yeah. So I went to a spot in Hayward and um, his mother told me that when she was a little girl, she was in Texas and that when she was in elementary school, she went to elementary school with Scarface's mom. Oh, word. Wow. That is bonkers. That is crazy. That's an interesting tidbit of hip-hop history right there. 
You know what I'm saying, bro? Wow. like that's how connected the South and the Bay are, right? right? Mm-hmm. Trip because like Forty went to Grambling or some. I hope I didn't mess that up. He went to some, you know, uh, black college in the South. Yeah. Little, you know what I'm saying? And then like came back, and you know what I'm saying? Like, it's weird how, you know, in those days, I guess they didn't really like a lot of Southern dudes. Really didn't like like California dudes that much or whatever. But like. It's also interesting how much they absolutely influenced each other in the sound in so many ways, right? Exactly. How many people came up here from Mississippi? How many people came up here from Louisiana? From yeah. You know what I mean? It's exactly. like interesting. Through the connection between, like, for, for one of the one of the more interesting connections uh, that I've kind of learned more about and and really try to soak up as much game as I can on. Uh, over the years that I really wasn't aware of that much is is how connected Oakland and New Orleans are yeah and the history between those two and that just supports you know everything that you're saying because I mean really like when you think about it man I mean look if you listen to OGs in the Bay talk dude like they have twang there's a little bit of a remnant of of some twang (laughs) you know what I mean and (laughs) and, yeah and and so when you go and like MCs too you know I mean even dudes like Saphir like I remember listening to to Saphir I mean, like, this cat sounds like, you know, he sounds like he's not really from here, you know, but he's Oakland to the oh, city, dude. And, and, uh, me, bro, Saphir for real. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he, he was one of those dudes that came on the scene and you're like, man, this guy's got some twang to him, dude. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it's, it's very real. And, and, you know, Adisa, man, that's a, that's a really, really good, and an important point that you make about the Bay uh, being so embracing. Cause we are, we are one of those cities in, in the U S the non-United States uh, that, um, that has been this, this kind of, uh, we've just been this, this hub, right. This train station of a lot of people coming and going, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and what you said, man, like we've always been really good about embracing like we like the crazy. We have our boroughs here, you know, like the Leo is a borough. Oakland is a borough. Frisco is a borough. San Jose is a borough. Oh, is a borough, you know, like we, we have our own boroughs here um, and we have sounds that come from those boroughs that that are distinctly different from one another, you know, and and and, you know, to to accompany all of that, like the underground hip hop shit. You know, like, 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 who's what? Who's the most? Who's the most famous MC from Richmond, for instance? Like, who? Like, if you were, if you had to pick one, who's like, who? Who represents the rich? That is kind of just the known the most on a on a like a large world scale as far as rap music goes. Like, who would you pick? Who? Who? Like, who's your who's your choice? Because mine is Master P. Okay. So master, master, yeah. Like, yeah. like, so he's not, he's not from, he's from New Orleans. Yeah, man. Yeah. But like, as far as, as like, if somebody had to pick, like, like if you, if you had to pick somebody that was like bigger than life from Oakland, like you're either going to pick too short, but you could also really like, you're probably going to pick MC Hammer. If you had to pick like right. the dude, you know what I mean? Like the dude that, right, right. that really like is the most famous for 
Yeah. And just think about that. Like, think about how crazy of a difference that is in itself. And then, like, and then you talk about digital underground. And then you talk about E40 and everything. Like, it's so vast. I'm just backing up exactly what it is that you're saying. Like, we just kind of embraced it all. And, and I just love how, like, everybody gets love here. Nobody gets hated on. Exactly. Like, and I, you know what I love? Like, sometimes, like, um, I don't know what I was listening to, but, like, it has something to do with Fat Joe. And Fat Joe was, he was talking about how much love he gets in the Bay. Yeah. Dude, Fat yeah. Joe's one of my favorite rappers, dog. Like, yeah. For so many reasons, because he used to bomb. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. because like, he really knows his hip hop. You know what I mean? Like, he's, I love rappers that love rap. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. he's yeah. one of those, and he, he loves the love that he gets in the Bay. And I, I forget, I don't even know what I, I don't know what I was watching or listening to something, but his like celebration of like the Bay was just so great, man. And I love that, that, that nobody feels like they can't, they can't shine out here. Yeah. That's, that's real talk. That's real talk. Like at any given, uh, well, back when we were actually still having shows, if, when you would see, if you would look at like a hip hop calendar of the cats that came through the Bay, and got love, you know what I mean? It would just, it would be so vast. It would be so vast. Like, we really, and I mean, you know, to the benefit of just just the Bay as a whole. I don't know, man. Like, that's that's kind of Bay culture in my, my eyes. As much as it's changed over the years, like, it's always going to be that, that hub, man. That hub, yeah. that just undeniable hub where we just take everything and kind of love everything and we make it our own and, and, uh, you know, really true. And I mean, everything, not just the music either, you know, it's the culture as well, obviously. Yeah. You know, there's a huge, huge contingent of, of b-boying and graph and, and everything that's still here in a big way and D and DJing and everything, you know, like cats are still really, really serious about the craft. No, it's 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 pretty amazing, man. I, I um you know in many ways that were insignificant, <laughs> I actually did pretty much every element of, of hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Like myself, you know. Um and I love that all of the elements in the bay have always thrived so well, you know. And when I look at the DJ culture specifically, man, like, I think, like, the Bay is one of the most DJ rich, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, places on earth ever, bro. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whether it's like, there's no aspect of DJing that, like, we don't have just, like, some of the best heavyweights, man. And I, I yeah. love to see it. Why? I mean, like, is it even fair to ask why? I mean, I guess back to the hub thing, right? Like, it's a good question, man. You know, I mean, a decent like you, 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 and what you've done with hip hop. Like, I, I could take it on this tangent here. Like, what you did, you, you took what existed in hip hop, and you expanded upon it, and made it even more interesting. I'm talking about everything that you do with, with with you know hip hop chess federation um and and just 
I like I mean flipped it sure but but more it's it's just more kind of like expanding on the the concepts and embracing I think I think we're really good at embracing things that might not have been so much on the surface of the culture mm. like we just dug a little bit deeper into certain That's aspects cool. of it you know cuz you you like with chess for instance and martial arts and everything on the surface you know and you you do have to dive a few layers down right. to understand right. how how significant and how deep the 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 connection is and the history and the certain kind of reverence and level of intelligence that goes along with with something like being a chess player or being a student of martial art or something like that right and so like what a lot of cats did here in the bay i think um like when uh, the earliest rap record that came out of oakland as far as i know is 81 okay there was a track called Rainbow Rapper. Like, I'm sure somebody can fucking argue with me on this, but there was a dude from Oakland named Rainbow Rapper. And it was very much like a, might have been 82, not 81, but it was very much like a, a kind of like a, like a, like a Sugar Hill Gang type of, type of, you know, definitely like a Sugar Hill Records kind of approach, you know, kind of disco rap, but, yeah. but, uh, um, but, since like like when you think about early 80s rap and early 80s hip-hop culture so much of what we took and embraced and expanded upon was from other regions right we didn't necessarily come up entirely with a sound uh, or or everything on our own but what we did that was so ingenious is that we really, we really did. Like we just, we just took it, man. Like we took that shit, and we we really did something truly interesting with it. You know, truly yeah. interesting with it. You think about like, you know, going from bombing subways to bombing trains, and you think about like, you know, you you think about dance culture, and you think about how pop locking was even like well around if not you know close to 10 years around before before anything that was considered b-boying yeah. was was yeah. you know what i mean and like that turned into a legitimate hip-hop dance style you know djing okay. when that djing came kind of late i think here in the bay um there were certainly cats that were doing some some ill shit but i mean when you talk about like the guys that that really kind of put on the map the 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 concept of what it means to be this like just just wilding out uh like dj personality like the shit that we did you know or that was embraced with the pickles and all of that kind of stuff yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. like truly game-changing scenarios you know what i mean yeah and then we have everything from fucking too short to Saphir, you know and i bring up Saphir again but like Saphir is one of the the most amazing revered cerebral intelligent groundbreaking mcs ever in the history of like you talk to anybody and they'll say like that's a There's real nobody student. that knows him that saw him that heard him that you he you know what i mean he's a category apart bro dude he really is he is <laughs> you know really, really, 
one one in a in a million a category apart my friend yeah absolutely absolutely and then, and then you know you have short and just pimp raps and whatnot so you know what i mean like we just have these it's just such a broad spectrum you know and i think i think that's what the bay just was always really good at you know like taking some shit taking some ill shit and really just expanding on it in such a dope way you know it's really amazing man it's um it's really amazing when did you know that you wanted to be a dj though like what what happened how how did it happen um i think there was probably i think there was probably a handful of scenarios that kind of made it what it what it was initially as far as like a choice in my mind that this is something that i really wanted to do um I, I grew up around, so my dad was a DJ back in the day. Um, he, was a, he was, yeah, more, yeah, that helps, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's you, awesome. Like you talk to so That's many awesome. DJs, and yeah, yeah. That's but awesome. He, he, he was a DJ, but he was like a he was a radio jock in Iceland back in the day. That's like being like the son of a samurai. You know what I'm saying? Like that's sick, bro. That's great. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's no like the the main thing. And I mean, this will, you know, I'll carry this with me till my dying day, man. Like the, the, the thing that I got from pops, man, was, was my like absolute adoration for music. Mm. Like, like truly, truly taking it seriously in a way that, that I just like, like genuinely respecting how deep and how artistic of an art form music actually is. Yeah. Um, I got that from from Pops, man. And, you know, like I do, homie, like, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but like Iceland is, you know, this is a, we're talking about a tiny little island in the middle of the North Atlantic, dude, about as homogenous as you could possibly imagine, you know. And Pops was an interesting dude because he was really into a lot of different shit. And so I grew up with, with, you know, Stevie Wonder and Donny Hathaway and Curtis Mayfield and all this kind of music that he would play on the radio in Iceland back in the day. That's unbelievable. And like nobody was listening to that shit in, in you know, like, or no, no, nobody was like really, no, nobody was listening to it past the, uh, what, what they would, you know, hear on the airwaves kind of thing. Yeah. And, and he was a radio jock and he would play some of that music. He would play reggae music and everything. Um, but nobody like, you know, in Iceland, just, you know, whatever. It was just a, such an unheard of idea to even just like really get deep into black American music. You know what I mean? So, so anyway, like I just grew up around all those records, man. And that was the first step really. Um, and then I, I kind of kicked it around some DJs in high school. Um, like I, I remember I used to make pause tapes on my, on the, this boom box that I had for years that I ended up just beating to hell with uh, before I even had any gear or anything. Like I started making pause tapes when I was like 14, 15 maybe. Um, and then I finally got gear like when I was 18 and and that whole thing, I mean, I, I don't think my intention from the get was really to uh, to turn it into, you know, a career or something that was gonna live with me forever. But man, I mean, once once I got my hands on equipment, like it was over with, you know, 
because it's so like if you're really into putting sounds together actually getting your hands on proper equipment at some stage and being able to to you know yeah get get better study and like eventually learn how to yeah like really do it and 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 all that and and i mean dj equipment is expensive decent decent dj equipment is expensive bro like it took me like two years just to get my hands on two techniques and a in a decent mixer you know because i had to save up all my money during the time right. and just do it in bits and and yeah. the whole nine. but i think during that whole process is when i really really realized that i i've i i wanted to do something with this right like I wanted to try to come up with my own voice somehow. Mm-hmm. And I've, man, I mean, I, I've always been such a huge DJ fan, you know, like I just remember ever since I was a kid, man, ever since hearing Jam Master J, like I've always just been such a fan of DJs, like dope DJs to me are just such, Dog, you know, like for real, bro. Like there's something unique about every element of hip hop that I love, like, I've always talked about how much I love graffiti because it's really illegal, you know, it's an outlaw thing, you know, yeah. all of hip hop is outlaw, yeah. you know what I mean? But, but, but the DJ, I love the DJ, man. Yeah. Every aspect of, like, scratching, you know what I'm saying? Beat juggling, like, all of it, bro. It's, 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 it's really like, I've, I've never been so like I've I've I feel like I've always been about the music a little bit more than the technical side of things, mm-hmm. and you know I'm I'm decent like I can I can get down I can do my thing I can cut it up a little bit and I can rock some doubles you know what I mean like I'm not gonna take that away from myself but <laughs> but man like the guys that really just blow me the fuck away with how much of the art form is just like an extension of themselves, you know, and of their hands and, mm-hmm. and all of that, you know, and are just so like amazingly technically adept, but also just crazy musical and everything too. Like, I'm just such a fan of that shit still to this day, like, like yep. a dope DJ or a dope DJ set or, or when somebody's really, you know, fucking it up on the technical tip, man, like that's still to this day gets me so hype. Like, yeah. It's I will crazy. always be that dude that that's just like a like a nerd. Like I'm just a DJ nerd. <laughs> I will know? always be that dude. I will always no, be that dude. For real, man. For yeah. real. Um it's it's funny when uh when I think about my life and I think about all the people that I have met, amazing, brilliant, brilliant people in so many different ways through hip hop, you know what I mean? Like it never it never ceases to amaze me yeah um you know where's like two places you ended up through hip-hop that you never you never thought hip-hop would take you to where Ooh, that's a good question everywhere bro everywhere <laughs> no, no 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 i've got some specifics i can i can expand on this but you know hip-hop has taken me a lot of places, man. Bro, bro, isn't that just kind of beautiful, right? It is. It's absolutely fucking wonderful, man. You know, like, I mean, all like hip hop took me everywhere, all over the U.S. in some very, very, very interesting places. 
in the United States, man. I used to go to Corpus Christi, Texas all the time. Really? You ever, he, like, I know you've been to Texas, but you ever been to Corpus? It's like Never been to Texas, ever. Oh, you've never been to Texas. Okay, no worries. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> um, Corpus is a trip, bro. Like, Corpus is in southern Texas. It's on the, the, the you know, the Gulf of Mexico. And I used to go there, like, all the time on a regular basis. I remember the first time I went down there to do a gig. I took the uh, I took the bus down from Houston, mm-hmm. and uh, it was the Greyhound, and it was the grimiest experience of my life, bro. Like, <laughs> I shit you not, dude. That was like probably <laughs> probably one of the more like scared for my life experiences. No, we, I'll t- I'll tell you why real real quick. It's really funny at this stage, man. Like, there were all these hoes that were beefing on the bus, and like some some fights broke out, and there was like a bunch of dudes that were passed out. Like, there was a couple guys I remember that had knives on them because um, they had like I don't remember <laughs> the exact story. There was a dude that got into a, a a a riff with this chick on the bus, and I swear I thought he was about to stab her, but the bus driver like got got in the way. There were some seats in the back of the bus that were like burned out and the whole bus kind of smelled like, like, like burnt hair. And I just remember like, (laughs) and like corporate, dude, when you take the bus into Corpus, it drops you off in downtown and there is nothing but just like, like really downtrodden homeless people hanging out downtown. It's probably, I mean, it has changed. I know it's changed a lot over the years, but that's hope. that's hope. But but uh, but Corpus is is a trip, bro. Like it's it's a, one of the most southern. St- it's like it's where Selena, um, the the cumbia singer, is oh, from. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, there's a statue of her there, and it's kind of famous for for a handful of things. But that Corpus, like I went there quite a bit for like a good maybe like four year stretch. Um, I would go at least a couple times a year to do gigs, and I made good friends down there. And would just go and kick it. And, dude, there is nothing hip-hop about Corpus at all. I mean, of course it has its thing. Because every, you know, almost every single city on the planet has something going on. But, but man, dude, it, like, there's just no, there, there's no part of it that when you get dropped off there, like, it feels like, you know, like, when you go to New York, man, you know, like, you feel like you just, like, stepped into hip-hop's living room. You know what I'm saying? Like, but Corpus is not, not that. That's the it. Going to Corpus is like stepping into your 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 grandma's living room. That's like, that's what it feels like. It feels like, it feels like there's just gonna be like, like a gross candy dish, like just, and and just furniture covered in plastic kind of shit. Like it's just, I don't know, man. It's it's like a old, it's a, like a very old grimy kind of like coastal surfer town and. Not even surfer. I don't. I mean, you can't really surf there, but whatever. Corpus is definitely like if I had to pick the city that bugged me. That's like really was like yo. Like I used to go to Corpus Christi, Texas, on a regular basis for many years to do hip hop gigs. And like they had some bars and some clubs and some restaurants and good homies, dude. I that, like I much love to my homies in Corpus, but like they know. Even the cats in Corpus, they you know they talk their shit, dude. They just just it's just a trip. Yeah, 
The other spot, though, man, I don't know, man. Like, I've been to Australia a handful of times. I mean, I've been to Asia, dude. I've been to New Zealand. I've been all over Europe. I, like, just DJing. Building with, with hip-hop cats, you know? That's crazy. And it's fucking, and hip-hop took me there. Like, you know, that's that's what that that's what took me to, that's what gave me the the purpose to to go explore a little bit more you know and i dig everywhere i go yeah. and um <clears throat> that's like a big you know big part of the experience is is you know it's like we were talking about earlier you know as far as the music of the region really just gives you amazing insight into into the, the the place itself you know so i was you know i've always like there's no better way than to to you know expose yourself to to the music and dig for old school shit you know if you really want to learn about an area so so yeah corpus christi texas and the rest of the world <laughs> to answer your question <laughs> no that, that's 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 dope man that's really dope what what do you think um what about you what about you where where where's like where, what's what's tell me one of the the more interesting places or even just experiences period you know that 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 hip hop is taking you bro like you've been doing your thing for a, a second man you have very deep history dude i want to hear something all right i'm going to tell you this this is a funny story i think i've told this story before but i'm not sure Okay. So like <laughs> so, so I used to write for this 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 Black Panther newspaper called the Commemorator. Okay. Okay. So Money Money B from Digital Underground, his dad is Bobby McCall. Yeah. Bobby McCall okay. used to be my manager when I rapped. Okay. Right. I had a militant rap group. And so tell him the name. Come on, bro. You can't just skip that. You can you gotta say you gotta tell him the name. We I still want like we still gotta figure out how to just give that the proper release. So we made an album. Well, the group is called Freedom Troop 187, and right. Troop stood for through revolution of our people. Yeah, man. And uh, we were about that life. Yes, and you so, were. And so um And the music that you made is dope as fuck. It's dope as fuck. Well, it, time like if it would have came out still we would have won we would have won we would we would have done okay we would have done okay um but yeah life you know what i'm saying you know static. still needs to come out i think we're still we're i think i think we're still need i think we still need to make it happen man so so the genius a rapper on cold chilling mm -hmm. known later in career as the jizza um, had come to town and we became cool. So me and DJ Steph Rest in peace. Yes. This is this is a hilarious story. Dude, I can't wait to hear the, okay. the all right. Keep going. I'm listening. So I love me some Adisa stories, man. I love Adisa stories, dude. This is pre-Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang Clan does not exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the genius. Mm -hmm. The single is Come Do Me. Mm -hmm. uh, great song, by the way. Yeah, classic, classic. So we become cool. Then he comes, he had a show at One Up. 
Oh, wow. One Up. It's an old school hip hop club. One Up. Real G's. Real G's. West Coast. Yeah. So he comes to town. He comes to town and he's got a manager. His manager is Mel Kwan. Mel Kwan, peace to Mel Kwan. So they, they come to town. He's staying at the Hotel Nico. And uh, me and Steph and this other DJ go over there. And um, we're hanging out. And 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 Jizza had said, "Oh, can you can you can you give me and Mel Kwan a uh, a ride a ride to to the to the airport?" Okay. I was like, "What? I'll take you to the airport." Something. So we chilling. It's storming. Not regular. Like it's raining. <laughs> like yeah. Like I can't see. Like I can't see. Oh shit! Like, like real storm. Wow. Like, I don't think he's going to leave town tonight kind of storm. You feel me? Okay. okay. So he's like, he's like, yo, um, <laughs> can you give us a ride? I was like, yeah. So <laughs> Steph's partner was afraid to drive in the rain. Okay. Like, yo, will you, will you drive? Because I'm afraid. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> right? And so, like, for whatever reason, we're really late getting out of the hotel, Nico. Like, <laughs> they come out. I'm in the car. In the car. And I said, okay. Jesus and uh, Steph, get in the back. <laughs> Mel Kwan, he started to step in the car, right? <laughs> and just was like, go, go. So I was confused. Oh, shit. Punched it. But Melquan wasn't in the car. <laughs> but that car hit him so hard. Oh, shit. It launched him into the door. No. <laughs> no. Bro, Melquan was fucked. <laughs> he wanted to beat the fuck out of him. Except he just got hit by a car. But he needed me to get him to the airport. <laughs> it's the only reason he didn't fuck me up. He, he was like, boo ba ba. And he looked at me. And I was like, I was like, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry, bro. I, I thought you were in. <laughs> Wait, why didn't Jesus tell you to punch it? Why did he tell you to punch it? I don't know. Because I, I think he thought he was in two. Because okay. we were late. You know what I'm saying? So I, I he's in. Yo, I thought this story was gonna be like like they just fucking robbed the place. No, and, and you were the fucking getaway car. <laughs> I always feel bad about that, man. Oh uh, no, that's good. That's a good one, dude. I like that. I like that a lot. So I never thought I'd be almost beaten up in a rainstorm. In a rainstorm, by by uh, the genius pre Jizza. Have you guys built a little bit more over the years? He's like a big chess guy, isn't he? Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He's uh, he's the homie. In fact, um, today you would not know is International Chess Day, and so he was uh, online playing people today and stuff, um, just to be kicking it. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm actually um, I interviewed him. He was one of the first interviews I did for Bishop Chronicles when I first wow. 
the podcast. You know what I'm saying? So he's he's hell of a G man, and so I'm trying to get him back on. You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, so yeah, 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 no, but uh, Jesus is the homie, man. Um, yeah, yeah, good dude right there. I've never actually met him, but I've heard good things. So cool, man. Yeah, so cool. So it's it's International Chess Day today. You're you are correct. I did not know that because I am not an avid chess player, but. Uh, no one will hold it against you. You know what I'm saying. What 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 goes on on International Chess Day? Is there like mainly mainly chess? It's kind of a chess day. <laughs> yeah, it's kind <laughs> of a chess day. Pretty much like on an international level. On an international level, <laughs> and for one day, for like a 24-hour period. Yeah. Exactly. Just, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that for me. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> now, is there like special events or anything that like go yeah, down? Or, yeah, I mean, you know. Are right, cats playing chess online now since since COVID, like big time, yeah, yeah, big That's time. One right? of the biggest, one of the biggest things growing online. You know, what I'm I saying? would assume so. I would assume so. Yeah, yeah. All DJs are doing these days is just like, come look at my stream. Come look at my stream, please, please come look at my stream. I know the world is burning right now, but please come look at my stream. <laughs> but you know what though? <laughs> Fools need that a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It sucks. I know. It's a weird time. Yeah. What yeah. Hell, man. And I then, you know, what? I really don't like how these fools will be like, won't let you DJ on Instagram. The hell, man? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, man, that's so weak, man. I'm so tired of all these companies, man. Like, I wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for, for the DJs. But, like, you literally could not exist. It's very true. That, that's really like the number one. It really is the number one argument that a lot of us make for, for why the restrictions that are being applied right now are so absurd. Um, because it's, it's free promotion for Dude, your music, you know, it's, un I mean, like, it's it's a it's a matter of greed, bro. Like it's just a matter of greed, you know. That's that's all it really comes down to. You know, the whole copyright and label ownership stuff, it it all just comes down to greed. And it's awful and it's really fucked up because you know, one of the big things in I do do you know about the the whole thing that me and, and Alex and Davey kind of put together this kind of uh coalition of the willing so to speak like the the whole campaign is just called let the djs play and we don't no, lace me lace me yeah we i mean we've been doing some things yeah online and you know you can regardless of whether or not any sort of impact gets made on behalf of because we're not the only ones there's a lot of people out there man that are really trying to fight that fight right now you know oh, man you have to man it's it's not right yeah, no, it's not right at all. Um, but the the I basically the the we we put together a um, we put together a petition that ended up getting well over ten thousand signatures online um, of people that are just down for the the cause. You know, essentially yeah. the, the statement really is is pretty straightforward. It's just a, a a call out to outlets like like Facebook and Instagram mainly. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not even on Facebook anymore, man. I quit that shit. Um, but um, 
but you know to to basically lift the restrictions man just let you know and if if for any reason whatsoever make that shit temporary while we figure out something else because people are stuck at home right now you know and and if you really want to like you really want to showcase some shit you want to showcase some heart showcase some support um then make the music thing right now you know because it's medicine for people man you know i mean that's that's I mean that's a fact in general, but especially now, when people need anything and everything that they can get their hands on, that's gonna kind of lift their spirits a little bit, you know. Hip hop is getting me through, homie. Exactly. Lo-fi is getting me through. Reggae is getting me through. Heavy metal is getting me through. You know what I'm saying? Chill hop is getting me through. Jazz, you know what I'm saying? Like I need all of it. You know I'm listening saying? to so much jazz lately, bro. Like I've been getting so me through. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm listening to everything, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, I think about this a lot, bro. Like one of the things that I think is going to be a very prevalent and kind of scary attribute to to everything that we're going through right now. And and you know, there's no end in sight right now as far as we know, you know, um, is, is the, you know, it's the mental well-being. It's the emotional and, and mental well-being of people and how we're all going to come out of this, you know. So hard right now, bro. Like, it's just so fucking weird, man, because, like, like, this is so new to a lot of us, and it's the first time in, in cause, because everything is so modern right now, right? Like we have access to anything and everything on our laptops, desktops, computers, fucking TVs, the whole night. Like everything is accessible to us. And so we have to kind of treat that accessibility as a form of like mental well-being. You know what I mean? Because people are going online to get their hands on anything and everything from therapy to music to figuring out how to cook a meal because you're done eating fucking cereal because all you can do is eat at home kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, so it's all there. And so for labels to be taking this kind of stance, you know, where they're shutting days down and like putting all this kind of uh, restrictions and and even kind of like upping the ante on the the restrictions. We've been seeing that a lot too. uh, Ever since this went down five months ago, now almost five months ago is like, the restrictions have gotten even stricter, you know, like, and that's crazy. You know, that's crazy to think that like that's the response. It's so disrespectful. Yeah. It's fucked up, bro. It's really fucked up. So crazy. But yeah, we did, you know, we put together this thing. It was Alex and Davey, um, Alex Mejia and Davey D, you know, they, they, they kind of. I love Alex Mejia, man. I love Dave, man. Yeah. Yeah, of course, man. All family right there. So, and they brought me in and just to be kind of like a third voice in in the representation aspect of it all. And and we've been doing some things. There's been some stuff at work um, that's been really good. And and if anything, like, like I was, I don't know, I guess what I was really trying to express was regardless of the fact that it makes an impact or not, it's important for us to be kind of like a joined voice you know like a voice of of unity and unison uh in response to everything that's going on you know the the those of us that are involved in hip-hop and djing and and that are politically active you know like davies man that dude is on the front lines for real right now um 
with his activism and everything that he's involved in. Like it's, it's, I mean, he's always like that, but it's just so much more heightened with everything that's going on. And his voice is so needed, so necessary. He's one of the few guys that's out there that has the kind of impact that he has. That's like a, like a real voice of reason, you know, like a, like a genuine kind of like, you're so much better for it. Mm. You're just so much better for it. If you're paying attention to men like him right now, cause he's really like, he's putting it out there, you know? Um, but anyway, so, so it's a trip, my man. I don't know. It's a day to day to day situation these days, but it's fucking weird. So, Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If you were to meet someone you didn't know, they weren't hostile to you, but they were absolutely convinced that hip hop is not art. And you could play one song for them. What would you play? You could play one song. Do I get to explain it afterwards or does it just- but of course, I wouldn't. I, w- I would never. I would never deny you that. No, no, no. I don't. I don't mean to you or to yeah, us. Yeah. I mean, like to them, to that person. Do I get to explain to them afterwards? After I play the song, do I get to explain to them why there is a certain level of art to it, or do do I just like? Does the impact just have to like? Does the music alone need to have that impact? Yeah. Okay. All right. You see where I'm going with that? Like, there's yeah, there's, yeah, I know what you, you know what I'm saying. I'm with you. Yeah. If I had to pick one song that I feel exemplifies rap music or hip hop culture, or the two combined. Mm-hmm. Hold on one second. I'm just gonna grab some water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have to give me a, a few, <laughs> more, few more seconds on that one. I love this conversation, by the way. No, it's a good one, bro. This is a very good one. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this. Yep. Briefly, and then I'm gonna explain myself briefly afterwards why I chose this. Okay. Okay. So I would pick. I would pick De La Soul's Saturdays. Okay. Um, The reason why I would pick that for somebody that, you know, was a naysayer Mm -hmm. was for one, there's a a topic of conversation that me and a lot of cats... um, that are big Native Tongues fans over the years. Um, When we talk about certain producers that had this impeccable ear for Mm. collages and layering samples together that just worked. And this is pre-technology, because there's technology nowadays that pairs. Right key and melody together you know what i mean back during that time you had to have that ear like that's what made that shit happen and there were dudes 100 percent, bro they were doing i mean then there's a lot of cats there were cats that were really really like exceptional at this tony d who you know used to um who passed away a long time ago but 
he was one of the early dudes. Yeah, Tony D was was one of the early dudes that just did amazing shit taking two different or more source materials from totally different songs, genres, the whole nine, and put them all together. Joints work, though. And just making it work, because that fucking ear was impeccable, right? Hey, hey, can can I tell you funny Tony D story? Yeah, please, absolutely. Again, you didn't hit him with your car too. You didn't hit him with your car too, did you? <laughs> Again, dude, listen, bro, this is hilarious. So me and Steph, Steph again. <laughs> um, Tony D's in town. I met Tony D because I was doing stuff for the Bomb magazine. Yep. Or something at the Gavin. I don't remember. We became cool. Okay. So, so. Um, do you remember the Stereo MCs? They were from London. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. The Stereo Absolutely. MCs were playing at the DNA Lounge. Okay. Right? Oh, okay. And I had been wanting to interview the Stereo MCs. And somehow me, I tracked them down, bro. I, I used to be sick with that. Like, I could find, like, if, if I was a fan of a rapper, I could find that fool and get a story. Okay. Um, so he's like... Yeah, come through, mate, whatever. So I go backstage and um, remember the backup singers for the Stereo MCs? The- I, I, I remember, I know that they were, they lived in this interesting kind of uh, world where they were kind of hip hop because they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were there. Yeah, they were, they were an acquired taste. Everyone wasn't a fan. Exactly, because the dude was was he didn't sound like a soul singer necessarily, but but I really only remember the couple of songs that they had and connected. Had like two, I think. Yeah, exactly. So connected was the one, but that was a big hit. I know I've played that a couple times. Yeah. So we go back there. They're back there. I'm like, okay, okay, you know what I'm saying. So then, like, um, (laughs) I fucking see. Tony D is me, Steph, Tony D, you know what I'm saying? We chill, whatever. And then, like, <laughs> they go out, they do their set, and then they're, and they're killing it. So I'm posted, and um, the dude from Stereo MCs is like, yo, you want to um, you want, you want come on stage with us and rock, at, you know, for the encore? Okay. I look at Tony D, and he was like, let's do it. I was like, okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> I can't believe this shit is happening, right? At all. Packed house? Was it a packed house? Packed yeah. house DNA. Yeah. yeah. Right? So he gave us mics. He was like, all right, you know, we're going to do the encore. And we come out and um, he was like, he was, it was the craziest thing. He just, Sony D just looked at me and he's like, we're gonna, he goes, when he passed the mic to me, we're going to do it from the top. And I, that's what he said. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and when he goes, he goes, he goes, we got Tony D. We're like, ah. and he goes, yo, Harvey. And I just went, who? And he's like, Harvey Wallbanger. <laughs> like, oh, oh. Nice, nice. <laughs> like crazy, bro. <laughs> like, that's fucking great. That's I'm like, great. he didn't even have to tell me. Yes, that's perfect. Yep. That's fucking perfect. Anybody that's listening, look up 
Tony D. Harvey. Look, look up Tony D. Harvey Wallbanger, but look, like, look up Tony D.'s history though, because that yeah. dude, like, man, that guy's a fucking legend, dude. Like, he's so he's, funny, bro. Yeah. What was he doing in the Bay? Was he just hanging? I need to remember, bro. Yeah. Okay. Square. I don't remember. Yeah. So I mean, the, the idea of and like he was one of those guys that a lot of people were like Paul C was amazing at that shit too. I think Paul C and Tony D, bro. Yeah. Like they they really were like not only were they diving super super deep and much deeper than than a lot of their counterparts production wise but they just had like they just they were able to to put together this wall of sound kind of shit that was just so fucking amazing and mesmerizing for cats that were into production and samples in the whole nine but then all right so the reason why de la saturdays though is what prince paul and q-tip were doing during a specific era during that time took that shit to the craziest level mm. it took that to like look th think of like okay so so like a three layer dip is dope right like hella good it's super yeah. yummy what if you could make like a 12 layer dip that was like four times as good as the three layer dip <laughs> like it sounds crazy right but but they were making songs and saturdays is one of those songs there's like 14 samples in Saturdays. That's crazy. And and they like if if you listen to the instrumental alone, it's incredible. But the way, you know, what they put on top of it cuz there's not and it's not, you know, it's not just rapping. Right. Uh, you know, there's singing going on, there's multiple MCs the whole nine. But dude, like and, and, you know, Q-Tip on the other end, something like a war tour or whatever. There's like 12 samples in a war tour. Like, it's it's crazy. And, I mean, they're not all going on at the same time. You know, they're right. building these collages and everything, you know. But, but at any given point, you know, there might be four different, if not five different things going on. Yeah. Um, and if you can't embrace the level of artistry that has to go with something like that from somebody that isn't even trained musically per se. I mean, I, that's the like, like, it's like, that's, that's next level shit going on with your ears. Dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like Q-Tip went to, he went to an art high school and I'm sure he took some music classes and whatnot, but he didn't play any instruments. Paul, as far as I know, was not like he was just a record guy, like yeah. he was a record dude. So, so if if that was it, like like you know Saturdays would like I I would just pick Saturdays because yeah. it's it's also a relatively di easily digestible track. Like it's not you know it's fun and kind of dancey and kind of you know you you really like you you have to not have a pulse if you can't react to that shit somehow you know what i mean like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not a it's not a hard like something it's like a like you know it's it's in that realm of of like delight's groove is in the heart or something like that where it's just like yeah, yeah. it's like good feel good you know up tempo shit but it's all samples you know it's it's incredible 
Groove is in the heart is that's I mean that's a hip hop track. It's just got delight singing on it, you know. Like that's a that's just a beat collage of you know up tempo b boy shit, you know. But yeah, like if I had to pick one, it would it would it would it would be something like it would be Saturdays. Like I think that would be a good good starting point, you know. And then if I had to break it down, I would play for them all of the fucking samples that were used. Yeah, and yeah. then that would shut you the fuck up real quick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you literally played, like, if you had to, you know, if I broke it down like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could you could shut somebody all the way down with that part. Yeah, exactly. That would be quick. That would be easy right there. Now listen Now listen to the 14 songs in a row that, yeah, made, that, song, that made that song. And here, he, like, from, from these vinyl records, you know. Yeah. Oh. Oh, like, you know yeah, nobody pulled those off of YouTube. You know what I mean? That was, yeah, man. I was just listening to wax. So, I think if it were me, I'm gonna choose a very strange song that it's kind of, kind of be, it's gonna be unimpressive until you hear it. Like okay. if you don't know the song, okay. my answer is is it gonna be unimpressive? I'm gonna choose rapper by the name of Sticky Fingers, the State versus Kirk Jones. That album is one of the most unbelievable rap albums, underrated rap albums in the history of the entire art. Dude, I've got to look this up. I know who Sticky Fingers is. Now, now, this is a, this, this is an album is a visual movie. It starts like you're at the movies for real. And then it goes in. And it's about a guy on his first day out of jail and what happens to him throughout the course of the day. Oh, wow. In, you know, a bunch of stuff happens. He gets caught up in some stuff. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was <hella> crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's out doing his thing. He gets caught up. All this stuff happens. And um, he ends up in court. And so the State versus Kirk Jones is his trial in a five-minute rap. Wow. And, like, like, everybody exists. The DA is rapping. The judge is rapping. Every uh, red man, red man, I think, was the, was the DA. Oh, yeah? No shit? Dude. 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 It is the craziest uh, judge battle. Who was judge battle? Dude, you, uh, it's the craziest rap ever. Why don't I know about this? Did this thing get slept on? I, yeah, yeah, it, it, immensely. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Sticky Fingers, you know, Onyx and all that, but like. Dude, that album is a masterpiece. In fact, one of the craziest songs on that album is a track he did with Eminem called What If I Were White. Wow, no and shit. He's thinking about he's thinking about what happened to him in court and how different would his life have been if he were born white. He and it's Eminem white. is like in his brain. Like he's kind of talking to himself, bro. Masterpiece, bro. That's fucking crazy. 
That's crazy that I... I had no fucking idea at all. Bro, you listen to that song, you will be like, oh my God. I mean, because like they're arguing. They're arguing it. They're arguing on time to a beat with a story about evidence, fingerprints, you know, uh, weak witnesses. Like, bro, it's unbelievable, bro. That unbelievable. Is crazy. That is, that is, that is, uh, that is not what I thought you were going to say. That is definitely, <laughs> like, I like that I picked Saturdays by Dela and what you just dropped is way, way deeper. I need, I need, a, I need a listen to this. So this was like a really, really elaborate concept joint. I'm just reading about it a little bit here. Dude, it, 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 it was out of control. Out of control. From front to back, dog. All the guest verses were written by him. Dude. It's it's a masterpiece, dog. Like, I'm trying to tell you, bro, when you hear that record and you play it from the front to the back, like, don't skip around, dog. It's his journey, dog. Yeah, this is like hour a... Hour by hour. Dude, look at this. Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit was originally supposed to appear on the song, What If I Was White, but refused after reading the lyrics. <laughs> Ooh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, man. He has like conversations, bro. Like- This is interesting, man. This on one of the songs, on one of the songs, a bunch goes wrong and he has a conversation with God. Oh, wow. And the conversations that he has with God is out of control. No shit. God's like, ask me anything you want. And he's asking him hardcore you know, You know what's... And God's answering him in a rhyme, dog. Wow. You know what's really interesting, Adisa, is... is I mean, I don't really know much about Dude outside of... of like a single or something that might have came out after Onyx and whatnot, but but this is definitely one of those examples of somebody really coming from left field and being like, yo, there's so much more going on with this dude. I can't wait to listen to this. I'm just looking at all the information just on the Wikipedia page. It's it's an unbelievable album, man. Okay, you win that round, Adisa. You win that round. <laughs> that was not a round. <laughs> <laughs> You know what that reminds me of, bro? You know what that reminds me of? There's a um, there is a song, and I'm not going to remember the name of it off top. Maybe if I think really hard about it, but I'm not going to remember it right now. Uh, from the Coup's second album. Um from the Coup's second album, where it's that same kind of concept, where Boots basically raps from the perspective of like five different people throughout the song. And he does the accents and everything too. And- How am I not knowing this right now? Yeah, and the premise of the, um, I'm gonna have to look this up at, a, at another time and really, it's off of Genocide and Juice, okay? So, right. Um, but I can't remember exactly which 
when it is, but it's it's fucking brilliant, man. It's absolutely brilliant. Is I just can't remember. Fish? No. No, 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 it's another one. Like that one is dope, but it's 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 yeah. it's another one. It's I want to say it's not Santa Rita Weekend. Oh my god, I was listening to that the other day. Ooh, what about me and Jesus the Pimp in his 79 Granada last night? Yeah. Oh, my God. Listen, people, if you have never heard me and Jesus the Pimp in the 79 Granada last night. That is the name of the whole song. <laughs> yes. Like, you are missing out on one of the most amazing story raps in the history of hip-hop yeah. ever. That's top, that's top three, homie. That's Dude, top three. Boot. Might be might be one. Wow. Depending on the mood that you catch me in. That's yeah. an incredible story. The boot boots was another one of those dudes that when you listen to him rap, pictures just started fucking popping up in your mind. Unbelievable. Like immediately. Bro. Immediately. Like incredible storyteller. Um I can't remember. Is it pimps? I can't remember. Let me let me dissect a little bit and I'm gonna send it to you. But that's the one. It's not Fat Cat's Bigger Fish. It's it's another one um that's on the album. But anyway, all right. Well see, it's just funny, man, because like you know so much about hip hop, like it's scary to be around you, bro. Oh please, come on. You just hit me to like the craziest shit. Um, Serious. Autobiography of Serious, bro. I'm not even. You're, you're terrifying. Like, you know so much about hip hop, you are absolutely terrifying. You know what? I know more about fucking, like, I know more about, like, the nerdy fucking production side of things than I do. Like, I know a lot. You know what, Adisa? I know a lot about the stuff that I'm really, really passionate about, dude, because I've been one of those cats. that like I, 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 I know that whatever I leave mm -hmm. as far as any sort of legacy at all, whatever that's going to look like, whatever that's going to mean at all down the line. It'll be a lot. I mean, I appreciate that, bro. And I, it, like, that means I'm a serious, lot. Bro. No, I mean, I, dude, that's a, that means a lot coming from you, man. Cause you know, I got nothing but absolute fucking love and respect for you, bro. But like, I'm just saying like, like what's the point of, of diving into this, man, if you're not going to show it the, the respect that it deserves, you know what I'm saying? And like really, really put, put your all into it. Like, yeah. that's why I take this still to this day so seriously, man. Like, I've been really adamant for my whole career about about conveying that. Yeah. The importance of, of, of showing this whole thing, you know, like I said, the respect that it deserves. Like, it really, you know. Like I just feel, I feel that way so deeply about rap music and hip hop culture, and and I have for the longest time, and that's the Zulu in me, and and you know my history and all of that, like my upbringing and everything, you know, it all, you know, that's all the 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 reasons why. But 
but you know man i mean this couldn't tie better into to to your the question beforehand dude is like like in my eyes it really is a deep level of art you know like 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 amazing thoughtful timeless intelligent approach to making what we call hip-hop music and and you know hip-hop culture and everything is in my eyes one of the highest forms of 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 creation you know like it really you know when you really think about it and when you really subscribe to that notion um it's it's like the perfect example of where we are today and how we got here you know just this like what it actually means to to truly embrace your surroundings and turning that into art you know yeah man it's very powerful it's very real bro yeah it's like it's fucking it's bug man you know like like rap music literally came from the fucking pavement that we walk on kind of shit you know what i mean like it is it is every, it is everything in relation to our surroundings like it's the ultimate expression of of our environment you know i always i always say like you know like like how crazy is it <clears throat> when you look at like how much hip-hop is in education now right yeah think about how you know i'm old enough to remember when people were on tv saying like hip-hop was not music yeah it's exactly it's a fad yeah yeah like I remember like like being very like it's a rebellious subculture thing, it'll go away. Right. It was very dismissive and disrespectful, you know. Yep. So then to go to see the industry that exists now, even to the degree that it sucks. But you know, all of the art, you know, like it's it's an amazing um it's an amazing thing, bro. It really is, man. It really, really is, you know. And and that amazingness that's now in harvard and at stanford and berkeley and you know everywhere like it it was it's amazing that like the art that saved education that saved music that saved all this other stuff was created by the kids the world intended to forget yeah exactly you know what i mean that the very education system and judicial system and political system and social system that was built to destroy them they created everything to undo it just through the love of music man that, yeah. that's unbelievable the love of music and the love of of or like the 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 innate desire and and uh just like that that forceful thing inside of of us as like lucid living things on this planet to just create yeah you know and and adisa it's not even it's not even just that it's not even just create but create some dope shit like you know what i mean like funky and and with style and fucking attitude you know and and smarts like i've been dude all i've been doing lately dude like 
Black Thought is just giving me everything right now, dude. Like, did you see this new fucking thing that he just dropped? Oh my god, you gotta watch this. <laughs> he said, "Oh my god." Oh my god, it is fucking unreal. It's like a like a short movie. It's like eight minutes. I gotta see if I can pull this up <laughs> really quick. It's called Thought versus Everybody. It just came out a couple of days ago. Okay. I'm going to go jump on it, dog. Dude, it's called Thought versus Everybody, and here's a line in it that fucking floored me when he said it, dude. Like, he's one of those rappers, man, that just when I listen to him speak, I'm just at the edge of my seat. Like, like what's he about to say? That's going to fuck my head yeah, up. He's, he's ridiculous, man. He says, half Master Killer and half Hugh Master Kayla. I thought that was the illest fucking shit ever. Like, I don't know why that got me so hyped when he said that. I'm half Master Killer and half Hugh Master Kayla. That's hard. I thought that was the fucking illest shit. Like, like dude is just like, you know, somehow Hugh Master Kayla. That's Just peripheral. And he's like, Master Kayla, Master Killer. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so fucking hard to me, dude. I love that shit. Anyway, yeah, it's good, bro. It's good to talk to you, man. It's good to chop it up. And... I know, right? Like, bro, this is so dope, bro. Yeah, yeah. we'll do it in person when all of this <laughs> oh. turns into whatever it is. When humanity returns in, in some form. In some form <laughs> or another. Oh, my God, bro. I know. Oh, yeah. Um. Man, you know, it's it's one of these things where, like, you know, the reason I do Bishop Chronicles, man, is because it's important for me to help people understand um, the history of West Coast hip hop. You know, yeah. I mean? like, um, I don't care if it happened out here, then then you know what I'm saying. This is this how this is what it needs to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, we gotta mm -hmm. let people know. Um, what what do you think? people need to know more about when they think about the Bay Area hip-hop scene, specifically maybe as it relates to DJs, but just in general? I think what people need to realize and maybe even our own scene here in the Bay Area needs to be careful to not forget and, and be adamant about making sure they they continue to subscribe to this type of ethos when it comes to to hip hop culture and rap music and 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 you know street art yeah. as it pertains to all of it is that the bay has always had a certain amount of 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 i think just just in general like like a a, a reverence for passion mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um as far as i can remember one of the main reasons why and it, you know i've lived in a lot of different places in my life man i've traveled all over man and there's there's still as much as the bay has changed i'm trying to say this as eloquently as i possibly can you're doing good as 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 much as the Bay has changed, there is still an energy to the Bay. And I want to say it's probably living in Oakland, you know, 
right now more so than than other areas but that's not taking anything away from other areas um where people really like truly truly give a shit about the art behind the culture you know like like we never really forgot about that and we never we never uh we never made, you know, like a conscious decision to just ignore these these important aspects of of just like respecting the art. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I've never really got that sense with Oakland and artist music, like hip hop and 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 soul music artists here in the Bay Area. That now it's time to like fuck it. You know, like I'm 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 dropping everything and I'm just gonna be about that money right now. Um, even, even cats that are hardcore street dudes, man, like are really about that kind of shit, get your paper and, and call it a day kind of shit. There's always been something. There's always been like a little something extra that was just here in the soil, you know, that, that made you care a little bit more about like, don't ever, you know what I mean? Like, don't ever let go of that shit. And I think I don't know why that is. I mean, I, I can assume I, the conversation has come up a lot over the years too, man, amongst everybody that I know in, in the industry about like, why, why have we never have really had like a truly legitimate hip hop uh, industry here? Like a, like a, like a genuine industry that, oh, that, you know, was, was, un- I, I'll never understand it, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, as as smart as we are and as, as how much we are about our hustle and all that kind of shit, like, we've never really been able to put together something that can really be deemed like a, like a, like a certified industry that, that can maintain itself and, and expand and grow in the whole nine. You know what I mean? Like, we've always... There's so many cats, man, and so many like little, uh, you know, um, sub factors to the to the industry and to the to the scene that have contributed to like why you know that has never happened. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's just it's not easy to live around here. So cats, you know what I mean? Like they get caught up very much so in 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 just trying to get their hands on whatever they can to pay their bills, kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? So. but but that's like that's one of the things, man. If not the thing, that I think is really fascinating about the Bay is that we've never, like, it's never strayed away from that. That's why there's so many of us, man, and like DJs and everything that that fuck with with so many different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As far as like music, you know what I mean? Like you go to you know you go and see like a really skilled DJ that is that is uh you know well respected and ha- you know good crowd on the whole nine and you are literally going to hear that dude play something from everything dude for like and do it so well you know like we've that's that really just kind of sums it up you know that's why we fuck with with 40 and Hyro in the same breath like those guys have never even fucking recorded music together really you know what i'm saying like come on man you know, how come Dell and E40 haven't been on a track together? Like, you know what I'm saying? But like, but they, like, we fuck with each other, you know? Hyro Day is like a great example of of that, for instance, you know, of... Hyro Day is so awesome, man. Hyro Day is incredible. Unfortunately, not going to happen this year, of course, but... Yeah, 
when the world gets anywhere back to normal and high road day happens, you should try to be in the building. Yeah. It's really like, cause it's street shit and like grimy underground shit and everything in between. Oh, and that's, that's so it. Fun. That's the Bay, you know, as far as oh, I'm concerned, man, that's like, <laughs> it's so real, bro. Yeah. It's real, man. Wheel oh, man, um, thank you so much for being on Bishop Chronicles. This hey. is so fantastic, man. Brother. Before we dip out, tell, tell them where they can catch you at, player. Because, you know what I'm saying, the world needs to know how to holler at, at, at a real G. You know what I'm saying? At a real G. <laughs> uh, it's hard to feel like a real gangster when you're stuck in your living room for five months. Yeah, right? it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, dude, much love, my friend. You know it, dude, I got so much fucking love for you, bro. Like, I really, I really do. You're one of my favorites. I love talking to you. It's always great to catch up. Um, I just, I wish you nothing but but the fucking utmost praise and the best in life. You know what I mean? Really, thank really, you, dude. So, Likewise. Yeah, so thank you for having me on. Um, I can't wait to see what what you guys keep and, and what you cut out. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, I'm out, dude, all you got to do is just, you know, it's, I mean, I have a website, it's djplatter.com. It's P-L-A-T-U-R-N, Saturn, but with a P-L. Um, so DJ Plattern, like plate turner. Um, and, and, you know, if you look up Plattern, I'm all over the place, man. It's all over. The only other, the only place that I don't fuck with anymore is Facebook, man. I said, I gave, I gave yeah. Facebook the, the okay. middle one. Yeah. Like a few weeks back, man, I said peace to it. Cause Cause, uh, cause Facebook is the devil. I need to join you. I really do. <laughs> I do, man. It's ridiculous. You're right. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just I couldn't fuck with it. And I mean, especially nowadays, dude. Like, like I catch myself browsing Twitter way more than I should, man, because it's such a depressing place to hang out half the time, dude. Because there's so many fucking idiots. Just like, <laughs> it's like it's. <laughs> It's like the fucking collapse of Western civilization happening in real time, dude. Like, it's just... This <laughs> can be a little frustrating. Yeah. But anyway, um, but yeah, you can find me, man. DJplatter.com, Plattern on Instagram, um, Plattern on Bandcamp, DJ Platter. I, like, I'm constantly releasing music on Bandcamp all the time. And yeah. Mixcloud and all that kind of stuff, man. So, th so I'm out there. You can find me. Man, I, I really, I really appreciate you. Um... I guarantee you, as the world continues to get crazier, I'm going to need you to come back so we can talk about oh, the, the madness in the world. Absolutely. But you're absolutely someone who has made uh, my journey in hip hop better, has made it brighter, has, has you know, like just the, the, the passion you do, everything you do with and, and, the, and the genuine quality of it. The spirit and the quality of it are, are, are equal, man. And, and that makes you a rare gem in the day, man. Like, I hope you know that. Yeah, I, and you know, I I I learned it from watching you. I learned it from watching you. We could sit here and gas each other up all day, man. I'll try to. Oh, watch man, you you know what I'm no, I told you earlier, man. Like you, you have to understand. Like you guys gotta understand, dude. Like, man, I used to have my fucking head in those magazines, dude. Like constantly reading every last word. You, Eric, and Davey were my three guys. That I just like everything that I saw, every, literally everything that I saw that I could get my hands on, man. I would like, That's I was just a student. Man. I was a student. Shout out, shout out to Lachlan, shout out to Dave Paul, 
you know that that independent magazine scene was oh man unbelievable dude unbelievable i still have so much of that shit too i've been going through boxes because we just have time right now yeah, you know dude, like, what? yeah bro so much stuff dude Anyway, I appreciate you, brother. Much love to you, my man. Thank you so yeah, much. We'll get up and uh, thank you for being on Bishop Chronicles. Man, it's all gravy. Peace to you, brother. I'll talk to you soon.